Hello, friends. Welcome back to the episode of Be Here for a While. Today's episode of Be Here for a While is brought to you by Quip Sports Research and Skillshare. These are all things you can use during the lockdown. You know, let's, I don't know. Oh, my cookies just went off. That beep that you're hearing, I'm making uh, peanut butter cookies with ingredients that I don't... I don't know if it's going to work out. I uh, I made up a recipe, and they are peanut butter cookies made with almond flour, so it's going real heavy on the nuts, and um, maybe too much fiber during a time when we don't have a lot of toilet paper. So it's risky all around, but I'm a risk taker. How are you guys doing? Oh, man, I'm thinking about you. This is scary. But um, I think the best way for... <sighs> has to get through this is just to be there for each other and uh you know while we're all in lockdown and quarantined uh, the only thing I can keep doing uh to stay connected with you guys is putting out more content putting out good content my god do I have the time to research some awesome topics <laughs> so I'm going to be putting out the regular episode here on all the you know free you know Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you're listening now. And uh, I want to just say I appreciate you guys so much for being so supportive. It's It means a lot. Like, I, I talk to you guys constantly on the Instagram. You're my favorite. And feel free to DM me anything you're thinking. And if, if you're trying to work from home and your kids are ruining your conference calls, message me. At it. It'll make me laugh. Um, I'm at Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L-N, O'Brien, reads like Rachel and O'Brien, on uh, Instagram and it takes a few seconds and if you're bored could you just rate it five stars please I'll love you forever you know help a sister out um and again I'm here for you message me how you're feeling um okay so I'm so excited so all the same episodes are going to come out every week uh on all these listening platforms but I am finally going to set up that Patreon and no pressure at all. I just want to make extra content in order to do that. I, uh, I need to, I I need some help from you guys. I am going to just keep putting out good content up there, uh, as extra bonus stuff. And, uh, if you are interested, uh, it's going to be more of a kind of true crime sort of genre, but not the straight true crime stories you've already heard of. I have some ideas for just some kind of crazy rabbit hole type of things that my weird brain has thought of like, what is the psychology behind the, like, during a crisis time like this, do criminals act up more, or do they go into hiding more, and then just trying to find cases like that, because I'm pretty sure I was already scammed once, don't answer your door for people you don't know right now, there's my cookies again, um, anyways, sorry for the beeps, anyways, guys, I'm excited about this episode, um, Greg Hunter, uh, the sound guy, slash the BF, uh, is joining me for this episode. We did a ton of research for it. Um, I'm really excited about it. It is um, how a plague or pandemic or whatever can be kind of funny 500 years later. I don't know the math on that. Is it 500 years later? 1518. Leave me alone. I don't know. Anyways, um, there, was a, there was a dancing plague back in 1518. Yes, people literally danced themselves to exhaustion and some to death. And they were like in a trance and couldn't stop. So here's the story of the dancing plague of 1518. Well, all right, we're here. We're here. Hunkered down. In our corona 
quarantine den. Do you know what you called me the other day? And I just thought that you were saying like cronies as in like pals. You were like, you're my crony. And I was like, that's a cute way to say friend. Yeah, you're my crony. And then about 12 hours later, because my brain is foggy, uh, I was like, wait, did you mean like, was that a pun? It was a bit of a pun. You were you were feeling particularly ill, perhaps feeling some... We don't know. Corona... Let's- symptoms well, and whatever and, and yeah we were we were you know we were being cons and comrades and cronies and you were my crony that's adorable i thought it was adorable okay well we okay so greg's gonna be my guest i don't well i can she's Skype's, forced to have me on because there's no other options well, since the whole world shut down well now we're stuck with each other we're just gonna pass yeah. our germs back and forth we can't i can't be exposing anyone else we've been unless, passing germs for a few months now I know, but we can't, I can't invite a guest over or anything. Although I could Skype someone in, who knows? But um, Greg and I have planned a bunch of cool, fun podcasts that, um, you know, I'll be releasing them on the regular podcast app, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts for free as per usual. But I have so many um, topics that I want to cover. And now that we can't leave the house... We, we got, got the bonus content. We got the time. So a bunch of the other fun subjects that we're both researching, um, but we're both going to kind of surprise each other with some of the subjects. Like you don't know the full extent of what I'm going to do today. Spoiler alert for you guys. It's a cool kind of plague. It's called a dancing plague. The dancing plague. Yeah. So anyway, so Ooh. we have a bunch of ideas and we're going to put them up on... Um, a Patreon, which I will put in the show notes how you can find that. And it's like we're doing book reports on interesting stories for yeah. each other. And maybe because we have nothing else to do, I'll make a diorama and just present Ooh, it to you during the podcast. Dior- I would love that. <laughs> or a mo- like a coat hanger. Or a mobile. The- no, that was a mobile. Oh, a mobile. A diorama was like just the, the cardboard like thing that was kind of like, here's a little stage that you would ah, set. Ah, yes. You build your own cardboard yeah. stage like that will fit on a school desk. Yeah. Did you do- What was that accent or... T- it's what my diorama accent. When I'm presenting a diorama. Is did you get corona and it's it's affecting <laughs> your speech? I literally just thought you said like the French word for diorama. I was like, what is he? It's more I'm I think I might be catching not corona, but the dancing plague. Yes. It you is might. a French accent. That's what it is. Uh, yeah, because it's, it's I'll just wear this. My inner 1500s troubadour coming out. Okay. All right. All right. So, anyways, um, all that extra content, which is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep all the true crime under that umbrella. So if you're interested, I know there's a billion true crime podcasts out there, but I'm going to try to bring you cases that maybe you haven't heard before, okay? Or my take on certain cases. Or maybe it's not true crime, but maybe it's something like do more crimes happen during a national crisis, for example. Like the one we're in. Yes. So it's like a spin on all of it. Anyways, uh, all the links to where how to do that will be in the show notes. And now let's get to this show. So, you know how, like, you just feel like maybe uh, you got a beat and you feel like moving your feet a little bit. Maybe if you're down and out, you know. The beat takes me over all the time. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people go to dance parties and raves. But what if a rave lasted for two months straight. Could you handle it? I don't think I could. But that was, okay, so in, we're going to get into it, the dancing plague of 1518. 
The Dancing Plague of 1518. And yes, it's exactly what it sounds like it is. So there's a disease out there that causes you to dance. We don't know if it's a disease. It's basically like the opposite of Footloose. Might I say it's a dance fever? It could be, yes. (laughs) Does it happen on a Saturday night? Oh my God. (laughs) Let's just say it's the opposite of Footloose where that whole town was shut down. It was like no more dancing. We're not allowing this. No music, no dancing, no fun. In 1518, one woman set out, started dancing, and they thought that the only cure for the dancing was more dancing. More dancing. Yes. I'm going to prescribe you the cure, and it's more dancing. Okay, we're going to stop talking in, like, movie quotes and puns now, but... Okay, so... So tell me, yeah, what is... I'm going to explain to you what it is. Okay, so the dancing plague, or dance epidemic, of 1518 was a case of dancing mania that occurred in Strasbourg, which is now um, modern-day France, in the Holy Roman Empire in July of 1518. It started with one, I think, awesome woman... Frau Trophea. I'm going to start. Please tell me I'm saying She's right. got to be an awesome Frau Trophea. Yes. If she's going to start an entire epidemic of dance. Well, yeah. How strong were those dance moves? <sighs> Probably as strong as mine. I don't know. The ones wow, you just recorded. Wow, wow, Well, they were, listen, they were notably erratic. Maybe was crazed. We don't know. We're going to go over theories at the end. Or maybe... She was just an oppressed lady of the time and wanted to make herself feel better. So she decided to start dancing. And then eventually around 400 people took to dancing four days without rest. So she's the real dancing queen. Absolutely she is. I don't know what those moves were, but they must have been enticing. I, they must have been. I was. I, I just about quoted a Maroon 5 song. It was like the moves like Jagger. And I was like, that's the, I, I just I regret that that thought even went into my brain. I don't brain. know. You've, you've been speaking in puns and little quips this whole podcast. That, I, that's where the road ended for me. I invite you to be yourself now. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> speaking of quips, this is my favorite quip. <laughs> quip electric toothbrushes. And right now we're taking self-care to the next freaking level. We're all on lockdown right now, and it is time to get those pearly whites as fresh and clean as you possibly can. I know that I've been so bored, I'm just like, two minutes, Quip? I'll do it five times a day. I don't know. Maybe that's excessive. Who knows? But Quip is one of my favorite products for self-care. Quip, the makers of the Quip Electric Toothbrush, wants you to know the one single discovery that matters most for your dental care. It's simply this, that you have good habits, you are good. That means brushing for two minutes twice a day and flossing regularly. No matter what brand you use, Quip makes that simple. Starting with an electric toothbrush, refillable floss, and anti-cavity toothpaste. Quip's electric brush has sensitive sonic vibrations with a built-in timer and 30-second pulses to guide for a full and even clean. The Quip floss dispenser comes with pre-marked string to help you use just enough. I love that. Plus, Quip delivers fresh brush heads, floss, and toothpaste refills to your door every three months with free shipping, so your routine is always right. It's as easy as that, and right now, we need delivery. Guys, you're not going to the store. So join over 3 million healthy mouths and get Quip today, starting at $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash be here right now, you'll get your first refill free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash be here. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash be here. Quip, the good habits company. Okay, so around 40 people took to dancing for days without rest. 
um, over the period of about a month. Oh, sorry, I thought it was two months. Whatever. Um, so there is some Hold sad. On, say that just a little bit. So you're telling me over 400 people mm-hmm. danced for a month straight. Yeah, off and on. I mean, some people collapsed out of exhaustion, but they would like they would take a beat and then get back in it when they were ready. And then some of this is sad because some people did die from exhaustion of the dance plague. Um, Danced themselves to death. They did. Um, but listen, this was fifteen eighteen. It's not too close to home right now. I think it's. I don't think yeah. it's too soon yet. So there hasn't been any dancing plague since. There actually during this time were a bunch of different dancing plagues. So okay. So, like I said, the outbreak began when Frau Trofea began to dance fervently in a street in Strasbourg. That her first little stint lasted between four and six days. Okay, and so at first, I think people just saw her like she, she walked out of her house and like they think maybe just looked over like, oh, she got a piece of good news, or she's just happy, or it's a good day finally. Because you have to think about it too. This was just right after the Dark Ages. It's there she was amongst a community living in absolute poverty run by the church who was very 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 corrupt so like the church at the time there which i mean has it changed really um still just as corrupt yeah they were basically like hoarding all of them they were so they're all the like peasants and people were super poor but the church was still asking for tithing and all this stuff and Come to find out, the church has all the finest wines, all the nice things and riches in the world, and they're living it up while they're watching people literally go to the bathroom in the street, um, bathe in a river that was contaminated by the um, blood from, like, slaughtering animals or whatever. And uh, what was that noise? (laughs) That's the noise you make when you hear that people are bathing in animal blood. Yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't, like, Durant. I mean, it was going into the river. So anyway, so they're living like that. And maybe, I don't know. And it was also a time where women were basically considered to be like the cause for everything. Every air of society was like blamed on women. You know, they experienced famine, adultery on top of having to be like loyal wives or whatever, sexual and physical violence. So it could be safe to assume that maybe some sort of mental trance that Frau Trofea stepped out and maybe it was an act of rebellion or maybe it was just she decided to dance and maybe she wanted to irritate her husband. That's kind of awesome. Yeah. I'm imagining a woman just getting tired of like her chores with the house or whatever her husband is telling her to do and she's like I'm just gonna dance. Yeah. I'm just she, gonna let all this go and I'm just gonna dance. She's like I'm gonna have a little mead because that's like an old time drink. Yeah right? that's like Viking wine. Yeah I'm gonna have a little mead and go out and just dance. <laughs> so then so she does this right and then her husband, I guess, is so. And the onlookers just think like, "Oh, it's just a woman dancing," which wouldn't seem that weird, like right at first, you know? Yeah, the um, first fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, after four days, it's like <laughs> <laughs> she's still going. Yeah. Oh, ow! <laughs> Did she get some meth? Do we, have, do we have meth in this time, day and age? Um, and then so it began where her husband was like begging her to stop, and like he couldn't get her to stop, and it was like she wasn't even he- basically hearing if someone told her to stop, or like, hey, maybe you should drink some water or eat some food or whatever. So, so you're in the zone. I guess so, honestly. So it was. Um, there's differing uh, timelines, but they say it was either between four or six days that then the authorities got involved, right? And um, they okay. So they know it's a dance fever when the cops come. Yeah, because they're like, we got to go because they don't want the kids having fun. Again, it is 
Well, so originally it was the it was like Footloose, like no dancing in this town, no fun, whatever. But then she's been dancing for how long? Yeah, that's not allowed. Yeah, but then I guess they had these like doctors come in, and the doctors literally did decide that the prescription was more dancing. And I'll I'll get into that in a second. So, what they decided to do with her, like it. Uh, at first was there was a saint and I can't remember the saint's name. So basically once the like authorities got involved, they were, they decided originally the course of action with her was they're going to take her up to like worship St. Vitus or whatever his name was. I don't really know the full story. It's something along this saint. Um, basically he was regarded as like very pure or something because he, um, was able to, um, uh, turn down the advances of seduct- seductive dancing ladies in order to like get into paradise. So maybe it was she had to be like, I'm so sorry that I was seductively dancing in the streets, St. Vitus, like, and all was supposed to be healed. Because the thing is, these people were in such famine, in such, you know, poverty and just such horrible conditions. And, you know, in those types of times, they were, they turned to religion and they, I think that they thought they were somehow being punished for any sin they've ever done so that they, this is this like demons are, you know, were taking over these women. And, and here's the thing. It was mostly women, uh, doing this hysterical dance. So whatever, it doesn't work. She, she goes up to St. Vitus. Who knows what happens, what the chat was between them. Guys, I am not sacrificing my summer body or my health just because I have to stay inside. I am adapting and sports research is helping me do that. Sports research are the makers of Sweet Sweat. It's your one-stop shop for a lifetime of performance, health, and wellness. And in celebration of their 40th anniversary, they want to help you enhance your morning routine with their best-selling collagen peptides. I'm also super obsessed with their Sweet Sweat. So basically... Okay, so sweet sweat isn't activated by your elevated heart rate, and it may help the body sweat more during exercise. So you can just put that on areas that, you know, you want to target more. Like for me, it would be my stomach or maybe my thighs. And it takes your workouts to the next level with the sweet sweat workout enhancing gel. It's an easy to apply roll stick applicator. And the clean scent keeps you smelling fresh while you're exercising. And especially if you're working out in a one-bedroom apartment next to someone, you want to smell fresh and look fresh. And Sweet Sweat helps you do that, and it helps you reach your goals. Sports Research believes in using the best ingredients so you can have total peace of mind about what you're putting into your body. Collagen is vital to help support the health of your skin, hair, and nails, and connective tissues. I've noticed that my my hair is shinier, my nails feel thicker, and as we get older, our bodies naturally begin to produce less collagen, and the first signs of aging start to occur. And sports research collagen, collagen peptides provide the best product at the best price. And did you know it's the highest rated collagen product on Amazon? And also, it tastes delicious. I put it in my yogurt in the morning. It feels like I'm having dessert. It's offered in a variety of flavors. I use the chocolate. It's delicious. Sports research collagen peptides can be added to coffee, oatmeal, yogurt, soup, and sauces. And many products claim to be, but sports research collagen powder is truly third-party certified and non-GMO verified. So meet your new morning ritual with the Collagen Collection. And, you know, get that summer body still while you're inside with sweet sweat. Keep keep working out together. I'm here for you. And if you go to sportsresearch.com and use the code BEHERE at checkout right now, you'll get 20% off your order. That's 20% off site-wide at sportsresearch.com with the code BEHERE at checkout. 
Sports Research, your one-stop shop for a lifetime of performance, health, and wellness. So she goes up to St. Vitus. Who knows what the chat was between them, but she's probably thinking, you know, I'm going to come back down to my my village and uh, it's all going to be over. But nope, uh, more people started gathering in the streets. And so eventually it was like 34 people had joined. And then within a month, there were over 400 dancers, predominantly female. Now, I take... It irritates me a little bit that that it's presented this way. Like, I don't know for sure if it was predominantly female. If it was, I can see why. But, like, I also can see history being rewritten where it's like these crazed women were out in the streets dancing and the men had to try to calm them down. So Um, you think that it wasn't mostly women? Um, I don't know. I think... I think that history can be rewritten that way. I mean, there's a, a quote from um, a, a historian of the time who said that because it, there was this was a time, like I said, of extreme misogyny. And one of the main chroniclers of the dancing played called the victims, the women, free, lewd and impertinent, full of lasciviousness and without fear or respect. And at certain points, he also, quote, called them whores and scoundrels. So... I mean, wild. Yeah. While the men also in that era would like take that perspective. I feel like if 400 women started dancing mm-hmm. fervently and, and, uh, what, what were some of the L- lasciviousness? Lasciviously. There we yeah. go. In the streets in, mm-hmm. in 2020, the men would be like, all right, this, yeah. this is fantastic. Are you kidding me? I think because I think it was just a double standard back then where like um, it was, you know, you weren't supposed to sin. I mean, the guys could sin all they wanted, but like they certainly did. Yeah. And they certainly did. But like it was like they would point the finger like, well, you're the cause of my sin. You're hysteria. And we're going to get into how ridiculous a whole hysteria thing is. So basically there. Yeah. The as the dancing plague worsened. they called on local physicians um, who then ruled out astrological and super, supernatural causes, instead announcing that the plague was a natural disease caused by hot blood. However, instead of prescribing um, uh, bleeding, I don't know why they said, oh, like like the blood. That was like a thing they did back then. They would like bleed you. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does that mean? They like well, let your blood out? Well, they thought it was, yeah, they would like drain blood out of you. And can you, does you? Does blood grow back? <laughs> hey, this is just as dumb as them thinking that women were the cause of all their problems. Yeah. I'm just saying they did it back then. That's I think that's so what crazy. they're referring to. That's is- crazy. So then this is when the, the authorities encouraged more dancing, in part by opening to guide halls and a grain market and even constructing a wooden stage so that the woman could prance along the stage and whatever. And then... When the, when the, then the dancing would, you know, go through day, night or whatever. And then to increase the effectiveness of the cure, when they got really tired, the authorities even paid for musicians to come in and play upbeat music to get them going again. They they brought them a band. Yeah, they did. (laughs) (laughs) I just kept thinking when I was hearing about this, like, 
it almost like doesn't it like okay so their like medicine and all their weird things are a little bit ridiculous but it also does sound like a very organized society like all right we're gonna create a stage we gotta keep them dancing yeah. and then we got a band like how are they do did they send I mean, a carrier hundreds i'm impressed did they send a carrier pigeon to go find a local band like, where's the band coming from i don't know what were they playing what did that music sound like that's yeah. what i want to know what was that band comprised of i want to hear that stuff right now okay <laughs> um yeah, I have no idea. I just feel like I kept thinking, like, this is oddly organized for back in the day. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking, I don't know. All right, we got a problem here. Everyone's dancing. Yeah. You know what they need? They need a stage. Yeah. They need a band. We, we need, need it now. And we need it now. And this was in a matter of a month. It was like, all right, people are dancing. Let's build a stage. Let's open all these. Like, they, they moved quickly. It's they moved good. quicker than for we 1500s did. 1500s France. They moved quicker, frankly, than we did with the coronavirus. Too soon? Anyways. Oh, um, that's, what, that's what we need. More dancing? Well, I was going to think a stage and a band. Let's just let's put everyone together no! in a big. That's the music opposite. festival. Then we'll all get sick at once. And then we'll all get over it. No. Okay. Wrong idea. Bad idea. Bad idea. Okay. All right. That's why women Back to are square in charge. One. Yeah. Um, so there's a historian named John Whaler who has written a ton about this. And he stated, and one could think like, okay, well, maybe these people could sustain this much dancing because they were laborers and their bodies were used to it. But that the amount of dancing they were doing that a, a marathon runner could not have lasted the intense workout that these men and women did hundreds of years ago. Wow. But that's still just, mostly women. That's a wild thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Just like the, the, the term, like, could they sustain this amount? Um, amount of dancing like just like you never really think well, about think about it okay i've run a marathon dancing and i mean granted i was slow so my time was like 28 maybe, miles of dancing 26.2 um my time i think was like just under five hours which is slow not bragging or anything no that's slow it's not you know um or maybe it was over five hours i don't even remember at this point um doesn't matter but you completed it but yeah but that's only five hours of my time they did this for a month straight no wonder they passed out and had heart attacks and things. Like, five hours isn't that long. That's some real dance fever. Yeah, it really is. Or, that's one hell of a band. I want to hear those tunes. I want to hear honestly. what band did they bring in that kept people dancing that long. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. It's like... <laughs> yeah, it's got some flute. It's like some majestic Celtic Pretty sounds. Much. I feel like there's a movie that could like... like Very like uh, Lord of the Rings, Hobbit Yeah, I think, I think people can picture it. Okay, so here are the theories for why this happened. One of the first theories um, included food poisoning caused by the toxic and psychoactive chemical products of ergo fungi, which grows commonly in grains in the wheat family, such as rye, which is pretty much what they ate all the time, which was used in baking bread. And ergotamine, I'm probably saying it wrong, is the main psychoactive product Structurally related to the drug LSD and the substance from which LSD was originally synthesized. So ah. think about what LSD makes people do. So they were all just tripping balls. Maybe. No, that makes no, a lot of sense. No, but then you'd get tired after a while, wouldn't you? I've never done LSD, but... Neither have I. However, I have a lot of friends who've done it, and I've been with them while they've done it. Do you think they could dance for a month on LSD? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, we're talking a few hours. Yeah, for sure. so no. For sure. And also, I don't know if I'd call it dancing... More like spinning around or erratic movements. Well, they're saying this dancing was like, sometimes it was kind of like feverish erratic movements, but it was dancing. It wasn't like, at least the reports. It's not Where like were just, they getting the rhythm? That, you heard the tunes I just laid down. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> oh, just someone was just whistling on the street. Yeah, like, I, oh, I caught a tune. Were they all in sync? Is there any any reference to that? Like, were they dancing no. together? I don't think so, but I did hear a report, though, that... Like, was there um, a conga line? <laughs> well, <laughs> I did hear a report, though, that they um, even... Um, had some like strong men come in and dance with the women to encourage them to keep dancing. So there was some sort of... It's so weird that they keep feeding the fire. I, d- I don't know where their heads were at. <sighs> they were starving. Listen, I can't go a few hours with being hungry without making the wrong decision. Think about it. They must have been clearly starving. Yeah. All right, we've got a woman who's been dancing for a few days, doctor. The only cure is more dancing. We need it. We need her a better dancing partner. We need her a stage. We need her lights. We need her a band. Honestly, I wish this was my childhood. I would have been a lot more successful a lot earlier <laughs> if my parents would have just been like, let's make this kid a child star. It looks like this kid's got a problem. She keeps dancing for no reason. Yeah, let's keep doing it. If they would have just it. given you a stage and music, build a band around you. Okay, so the... Um the LSD type of substance or whatever was has also been um, implicated in a bunch of other historical anomalies, including the Salem witch trials, which is another witch hunt of women. They, they, a lot of people bring up the witch trials a lot in this, and I could go into it, but maybe another time, because I want to get to where I plan to go with this. So, I don't know. The thing is, I don't, I don't think that that first theory works because at the time. They were already very aware of this this food poisoning in their food and how like they actually had like certain hospitals stationed for if this happened to people. So they knew what symptoms to look for and stuff. 1500s were pretty developed. Again, let's get some of that back. You got hospitals and stuff. I mean. And they knew how to trip balls on old rye. Yeah, seriously. And grains. Um, so you might need to know how to do that I could, here in these, this Corona times. Uh, let's do some research. Maybe we hold the key. Anyways, <laughs> so I don't think that that's what it is because they knew what those symptoms were. This was something very, very different. So, And I would imagine if they were actually tripping balls on drugs, it, it wouldn't have such longevity. That doesn't... Yeah, well, I don't think that they thought it was drugs. Down. I think they thought it was food poisoning, which had, had, been, had happened a lot during that time. So they knew what that well, looked food like. food poisoning drugs, there's a fine line there. I mean, mushrooms is... is Magic mushrooms is essentially food poisoning. That's true. That's true. Not that I've ever done them. Sure you haven't. Um, (laughs) Okay. So the, the theory that, and then the other, there was theories of like, you know, demonic, whatever. The theory that I. Possessed by the dance. Yes. The theory that I uh, think could be the most plausible is sort of a. Well, I I don't necessarily like the way they say this type of thing, they, like a mass. So the mass psychogenic illness is basically the rapid spread of illness signs and symptoms affecting members of a cohesive group originating from a nervous system disturbance involving ex- excitation, loss, or alteration of function, whereby physical complaints that are exhibited unconsciously have no course. Okay, this is a weird sentence, uh, and that doesn't explain it. I'm going to explain it in my own words. So basically, I think that it could have something to do with, and I, I heard that this theory, and it's kind of what I already thought on the, um, uh, this podcast will kill you. Um, their theory on it was like what mirror neurons, like, um, so you know how like they say like sociopaths or psychopaths will not yawn when another person yawns. They don't have like those mirror neurons that do like. Interesting. I didn't know that theory. So like if you were to like touch your nose right now, 
or do something, I would, even though we're not supposed to touch our faces, but whatever, I would kind of naturally mirror what you did, just like, oh, yeah, do I've I itch too? I mean, pretty common uh, assumption that if you yawn, yawns are contagious. Yeah. And, and mirror neurons and copying something that someone does is like a natural form of even like learning, like learning, learning a new skill. Like mm-hmm. you copy what your guitar teacher is telling you to do or, you know, so that's like a very, so it could have just even been that one woman or man saw another woman dancing and maybe it was just kind of was like, that looks fun and maybe I should do that. And then, and who knows, you have to think about too, they could have just been in a trance state because of their lack of food and just the everything going on around them that it was just or are emotions contagious i be- totally that's kind of like a yeah like a similar version of yeah yeah and so i think that i don't know i think that it could have easily been something like that or it's like okay so even right now like if one of us was like ah, am i experiencing coronavirus symptoms and like you started talking about it and then the other one would be like, oh, I yeah. am. Because, okay, the other day I was like, I don't feel good. And then you were like, my arms are really heavy. I was like, my arms have been really heavy. Like my body, I have really bad body aches or whatever. It's kind of like almost like. Paranoia sim- and anxiety can be. Yeah. Contagious. Yeah. And or like it's a sympathy pain or. It- Here's it. So like same thought of like animals can smell fear on humans. Mm hmm. I'm yeah. wondering if humans can feel fear on other humans. And yeah. At a certain level, it incites a response where like if someone is panicking to such an extent that you can't help but also panic with them. I think that is, you boiled it down way better than I could have. I think that's basically kind of what they're trying to say. Yeah. Or like if you're say, in yeah. a stairwell and someone runs down like, ah, there's a fire. Are you not going to go, oh shit, and follow them? 100%. Probably. Yeah. So if someone's like, Oh shit, I'm dancing. You're Listen, like, this is the smartest thing you've said on podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I was useful for something. You're finally not speaking in like movie quotes and like Mick ja- moves like Jagger, dance fever. Yeah, hey, let's forget I said that. Yeah, you're not I, Casey. I'm editing that out. You're not Casey Kasem anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Casey Kasem, what <laughs> a name drop. <laughs> I love no, that. No, but that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like it's like there's, or even like, I feel like we're both very empathetic people and even like us as a couple, we tend to fight when the other one's making us anxious. Like, yeah, we're both sponges. Yeah, like when you're like high strung, it's like, oh my God, I'm like, can you just not right now? We feel each other's emotions. But I do that to you all the time too. So it's like, it's just like you sense someone else's anxiety. But that's why they say like sociopaths and psychopaths, whatever, they don't feel that. Someone else can be like upset or what freaking out around them or hurt. And they're just like, I don't know, does anyone want a sandwich? Like they don't care. Interesting. Yeah. When you said the yawn thing, that really hit me. Like, oh, wow. They don't yawn when other people yawn. Yeah. I mean, they say that's like a test of a... But like, I don't know. But it, but there is some truth to it. Yeah. So I believe that that is very possible. However, um, I take issue with the fact that it's this... Because this was, this was going on. This is still probably going on to a certain degree. But that was in 1518 into the 1920s, 30s, 40s, like the the thought. Today. Yeah, t- today. The idea that like women are just, you know, naturally hysterical or something. So it's like they don't, as opposed to just having basic human emotions or female emotions or whatever, that it's some sort of like hysteria. And the things that people they used to do back in the day or think are ridiculous. So um, I'll end my little rant before you do yours. Uh, 
One thought off that before you huh. end. I think that perhaps if emotions are contagious mm-hmm. or if, if humans can actually um, feel the anxious energy off of another person, I would tend to believe that women are more susceptible to that. Rather, they're more sensitive yeah. in, in a good way. I mean, like they have that innate empathetic totally. response that perhaps something like this, the dancing plague, could be more contagious upon, uh, um, oh, amongst women. Because the women, women are feeling it because more. Because they're more, they're more sensitive to another woman. Totally, totally. And also probably because they've got better dance moves. Yeah, probably. I can't think of a better time right now than it is to explore new skills, deepen existing passions, and get lost in creativity with Skillshare's online classes. I know personally I am ramping up my online classes on Skillshare. The time is now when we're at home to just be more creative, find what your passion is, and what you find might just surprise and inspire you. Skillshare is an online learning community where millions come together to take the next step in their creative journey. Thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people on topics including illustration, design, photography, video, freelancing, and more. Skillshare is an online learning community, like I said, that offers membership with meaning, with so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives, Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth. Skillshare offers classes designed for real life so you can move your creative journey forward without putting life on hold. You can learn and grow with short classes that fit your busy routine. And Skillshare is also incredibly affordable, especially when compared to a pricey in-person class and workshops, an annual subscription is less than $10 a month. I've learned so much with Skillshare. I've taken social media classes, creative writing, uh, podcasting, even though I thought I knew everything. Nope, didn't. Learned so much more with Skillshare. So... I think you guys should definitely try it. I love that there's it's a community, there's feedback, there's personalization, the quality of the classes are amazing, and you just feel like you're learning and growing and doing something wonderful for yourself. So explore your creativity and get two free months of premium membership at Skillshare.com slash be here. That's two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. So get started and join today by heading to skillshare.com slash be here. That's two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes at skillshare.com slash be here. So I think basically there, there's been a time and it's not as bad now at all, obviously where basic women's sensitive emotions were considered hysterical. And let me give you a little history on hysteria. Break it down for us. Because I also think there's a part of me that thinks that these women just wanted to fucking dance. It reminds me of, and I cannot wait to do an episode on the Stonewall Riots and Marsha P. Johnson. Because, hey, it's Women's History Month. That's why I'm leading this into a women's direction. Getting us off the coronavirus thing a little bit. And leading us into where women's rights finally kind of came into play. None of us would be here if it wasn't for women. Exactly. So, so anyway, so... I'll do a full episode on the Stonewall riots. I'm sure many of you know what they are. I did not know what they are until maybe like a year ago. I It is probably one of the biggest movements in the LGBTQ community that just turned everything around for them. And it really involved... I just love freaking... I, we're going to make... Greg and I are making a movie on this. Greg's a director. I'm a writer. 
He's also a writer, but I'm a better one. Um, and um, <laughs> I just think the world needs to see a visual of um, drag queens. And I think the, all the terms are outdated that you hear in these documentaries and stuff about it. But trans drag queens um, and, uh, and they were a lot of them where were um, uh, of color. So just think about like how naturally athletic they are, <laughs> like just taking down police that were beating them up and doing like doing a police raid of uh, this bar and they at a certain point over the several day you know stand down or whatever they started forming um kick lines in protest and i just love the freaking visual of a bunch of beautiful black <laughs> drag queens or people of color drag queens just kick lining and singing and dancing yeah, and like i'm envisioning them in like and you black th- leather and roller skates i do i don't whatever it is it's just cop a beautiful uniforms. and you and you just think about this like a t- irish italian cop just being like i gotta get home to my family like just yeah. that was the worst anything accent. like this i gotta get out of here we're both doing the worst accents but like <laughs> neither of those are anything close what's like a i gotta think of an east coast accent i don't know i normally can do one but just the visual of them just being like, what am I seeing right now? My wife is going to be so mad that I'm missing dinner. (laughs) Like I'm in so much trouble anyways. So I do kind of like the thought of like these women might've just been fed up and they were like, let's just look crazy. Let's piss our husbands off. Let's just have a together. Let's just have a fucking blast, man. Let's just get a little little drunk and just have a, I've definitely thought that way many times. Like when, I had like a boyfriend or something that I was fighting with and I was just like, I'm just going to go out with my friends and even if he's with us, I'm going to be as annoying as possible. I'm going to do all the things that he finds me annoying for. Like, You've done this to boyfriends? Of course. You'll see it at you some point. You haven't done it to me, right? You seem to find my annoying <laughs> things adorable. Yeah, you're really lucky. <laughs> Anyways. So, okay. So there was a time um, where hysteria... So hysteria basically means ungovernable emotional excess and the word hysteria originates from the greek word for uterus <laughs> the word oh yes um and hysterical suffocation meaning a feeling of heat inability to breathe was instead used in ancient greek medicine and it believed the greeks believed that the uterus moved around a woman's body eventually strangling her and inducing disease this suggests an entirely physical cause for the symptoms um, by linking them to the uterus. And it suggests that the disorder can only be found in women. So hysteria is only related to women because hysteria is related to the uterus. So where do you think your uterus is right now? In the place that it always has fucking been. <laughs> it's not moving around. I actually don't even know where my uterus is. It's how much I know about <laughs> biology. But anyways, so historically hysteria was thought to manifest itself in women, female hysteria with a variety of symptoms, including anxiety, shortness of breath, Fainting, insomnia, irritability, nervousness, as well as sexual forward behavior. These symptoms mimic... Yeah, you would think the guy would like that, but it was only if it had to do with him. I'll get there. Hold on. These symptoms mimic symptoms of other more definable diseases and create a case for arguing against the the validity of hysteria as an actual disease and is often implied that it is an umbrella term for indefinable illness. One of the early works of hysteria involved 400 historical hysterical sorry patients so female hysteria was also once so common in medical diagnosis for women that it covered all those series of symptoms and anxiety whatever um and it also included the tendency to cause trouble for others my guess would be it causes a man to be immoral 
the her hysteric it's caught she's causing trouble absolutely yes we don't make mistakes no we were seduced exactly by those evil uterus carrying women <laughs> well the uterus is floating around that body floating you don't know around where it is. into their arms to their legs <laughs> who knows so in the 16th and 17th centuries hysteria was still believed to be due to retention of humors i don't know what that means or fluids in the uterus sexual deprivation or by the tendency of the uterus to wander around the female body, that roaming uterus, it's an outlaw. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's just an like, outlaw. it's a runaway. <laughs> She's acting crazy. It must be that wild it's, uterus. You gotta, Where's it gone off to now? Well, you, you gotta, let me just tell you how we solved that problem. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. <laughs> so the floating uterus can cause irritability and suffocation. And guess what? Self-treatment, such as masturbation, was not recommended at all. And it was considered taboo course not but guess what was helpful marriage and regular sexual encounters with her husband was still the most highly recommended long-term course of treatment for a woman suffering from hysteria what a what a plausible (laughs) diagnosis i mean i get why a man would enjoy that but it's clearly like obviously there were probably very few if any female doctors at the time it was all male doctors male politicians that were just like getting paid off by the husbands yeah all right tell her Tell her to get, if she's going to be cured, she just has to screw me like six more times a week. Yeah, and then she'll be fine. Her hysteria (laughs) will be down. Or she will fucking hate you and take to the streets to dance and irritate you. That's probably what it was. She was prescribed six more weeks of sex and she was like, you know what? I'm not doing it. Fuck this shit. She's like, you know what, Tommy? Like that was a name back then. You know what, Theodore? You take care of the kids. I'm going to go out and dance. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> we still got kids. Someone's got to take care of them. And he's like, well, I don't know how to feed them. You got to stop her from dancing, what? Why please. Why aren't you sweeping? <laughs> I'm dancing. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Okay. So this did kind of turn around, um, I think, in large part due to Nellie Bly. Okay. So. Who's Nellie Bly? You're going to hear about her. So, in Western medicine, hysteria was considered both common and chronic amongst women. Chronic. The American Psychiatric Association dropped the term hysteria in 1952, eventually. 1952. 1518. I mean, this must... Actually, I read it went back to, like, the Egyptian times. 1952. 1952. So, even though it was categorized as a disease and hysteria symptoms were synonymous with normal functioning female sexuality... In extreme cases, the woman may have been forced to enter an insane asylum or have to undergo a surgical hysterectomy to, let me just tell you right now, um, I know a lot of women that have had hysterectomies, um, people that have been very young and they needed them for medical reasons, um, it makes them more moody because your hormones are really, it's not helping. So the hysterectomy doesn't actually remove the hysterical. No. Hysteria. But that was, you know, so, okay. So is that what that, that's where that comes from. A hysterectomy yes. is an attempt to remove the hysteria, the hysteria from a woman. Mm-hmm. Yes. That is so bad. I feel bad for like using the term hysterectomy now. Yeah. That's kind of, should be outdated at this point. But they, so not only was it that they were also sent to insane asylums and this is where it's like where Nellie Bly's a badass. So. Nellie Bly was an American journalist cool name. who was born in 1864, died in 1922. She was an American journalist, industrialist, inventor, and charity worker who was widely known for her record-breaking trip around the world in 72 days um, and um, an expose in which she worked undercover to report on mental 
Asylum. Uh, it was called 10 Days in a Madhouse. So she was burdened with her theater and arts reporting, and um, she took an undercover assignment for which she agreed to feign and Sandy to investigate reports of brutality and neglect at the women's lunatic asylum on Blackwell's Island. It's just so cruel, the women's lunatic asylum. Yes, I'm sure there were, uh, and lunatic's just cruel to say, but I'm sure there were a, a few to several women there that were suffering from real mental illnesses and needed treatment. But you're going to hear how much a lot of them didn't. So after a night um, spent practicing ex- expressions in front of a mirror, she checked into a boarding house she refused to go to bed, telling the boarders that she was afraid of them and they looked crazy. And this is all in quotes. This is her like acting. Trying yeah, to yeah, yeah. They soon decided that she was crazy and the next morning summoned the police. Taken to a courtroom, she claimed to have amnesia. The judge concluded that she had been drugged. Several doctors then examined her, all declared her insane. Positively, in, this is a quote, positively demented, said one. I consider it a hopeless case. She needs to be put where someone will take care of her. The head of the insane pavilion at Bellevue Hospital pronounced her undoubtedly insane. The case of the pretty crazy girl attracted media attention. Who is this insane girl? Asked the New York Sun. The New York Times wrote of the mysterious waif and the wild haunted look in her eyes and her desperate cry. I can't remember. I can't remember. I was some really solid acting. Um, (laughs) Just joking. So once admitted to the asylum... Nellie Bly abandoned any pretense at mental illness and began to behave as she normally would. She was there to... So it was all a ruse just to get in, admitted. Yes, and then she's there, you know, trying to, like, cover the story, but obviously eventually she wants to get out ASAP, so she starts starts acting normal. It's really risky. Well, the hospital staff seemed unaware that she was no longer insane and instead began to report her ordinary actions as symptoms of her illness. Even her pleas to be released were interpreted as further signs of mental illness. This woman's acting way too normal. That's what's so scary about like, um, just it like it's like like a group mentality. Or if someone if if someone gets something an idea in their head about you, or it's even like think about a fight between a boyfriend and a girlfriend, right? The and this goes both ways, but I'm just going to use it in this example. A boyfriend can do something really fucked up to a girl, right? And then the girl can react in a way that is hurt or emotional. And the guy can be like, whoa, you're acting crazy right now. This is crazy. That's gaslighting. Yes, absolutely. And it's, I just can't even imagine being her. Actually, I can. Um, <laughs> in situation where like she's literally just acting normal and they're like we don't trust this little Nellie Bly we don't trust this you'd be like it's terrifying yeah so so then so um okay so even her pleas to be released were interpreted as further signs of mental illness speaking with her fellow patients Bly was convinced that some of some of them were as sane as she was so she's just realizing she's starting to hang out with these women she's like these women are fucking normal and by the way this is an incredibly accomplished intelligent to be that high level of a journalist in the late eight or mid 1800s, early 1800s, I guess, you don't get that far by being a, a total kook. Yeah, you know? certainly not. So they and, just didn't realize who she was. Yeah, but no, but I'm saying no, no, no. I know that, but I'm saying that even the other women, Bly's Bly talking to these other women in there that are in there for no good reason, and she's like, "Oh my god, these women are yeah, yeah totally yeah. normal." So. Bly experienced the deplorable conditions firsthand. The nurses behaved obnoxiously and abusively, telling the patients to shut up and beating them if they did not. The food consisted of gruel, broth, spoiled beef, bread that was little more than dried dough, and dirty, undrinkable water. The dangerous patients were tied together with ropes. 
The patients were made to sit for much Tied of the day. together with ropes? Yeah. It's no bad, 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 bad. The patients were made to sit much of the day on hard benches with scant protection from the cold. Waste was all around the eating place as rats crawled all over the hospital. On the effect of her experiences, she wrote, What accepting torture would produce insanity quicker than this treatment? Here's a class of women sent to be cured. I would like the expert physicians who are condemning me for my action which has proven their ability to take perfectly sane and healthy women, shut her up and make her sit from 6 a.m. until 8 p.m. on straight back benches and do not allow her to talk or move during these hours. Give her no reading and let her know nothing of the world or its doings. Give her bad food and harsh treatment and see how long it will take to make her insane. Two months would make her a mental and physical wreck. Yes, that would make any sane person insane. I'm almost done. Sorry, Greg. A particular memorable experience for Nellie were the baths that the patients received. The bathwater was frigid and buckets of it were poured over their heads, after which the patients were roughly washed and scrubbed by attendants. The bathwater was rarely changed, with many patients bathing in the same filthy water. Even when the water was eventually changed, the staff did not scrub or clean out the bath, instead throwing the next patient into a stained, dirty tub. The patients also shared bath towels with healthy patients forced to dry themselves with a towel previously used by patients with skin inflammations, boils, or open sores. Nellie recalled the bathing ritual with trepidation, stating, My teeth chattered and my limbs were goose-fleshed when blue with cold. Suddenly I got one after the other, three buckets of water over my head, ice-cold water, two into my eyes, my ears, my nose, and my mouth. After 10 days, the world secured Bly's release from the asylum her i think that was the paper she was writing for her report published on the world and later released as a book caused a sensation and brought her lasting fame of her release bly wrote i left the insane ward with pleasure and regret pleasure that i was once more able to enjoy the free breath of heaven regret regret that i could not have brought with me some of the unfortunate women who lived and suffered with me and who i am convinced are just as sane as i was and i'm now myself Wow. So, anyways, what a brave woman! I mean, to like go in like that. She probably has PTSD after that. Oh, not only that, but like not only the trauma you experience, but to I mean, I guess she had her paper on her side to get her out, but like that's a quite yeah. a risk to risk your mental sanity and potentially never see the light of day, the yeah. free world again. When there's people who, I'm guessing, maybe she didn't expect it to be that bad. Oh, I would imagine not. As she, but you know, before she went in. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, that is it is incredibly brave. One really funny note about her though that I I don't know why I think it's funny. I mean, listen, love is love. But uh, in 1895, Bly married millionaire manufacturer Robert Seaman. Bly was 31, and Seaman was 73 when they married. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes love isn't love, <laughs> and it's money. Eh, well, whatever. Listen. Sh- she deserves it. Ten hey, days, yeah. Smart woman. I'm yeah. not Abe. Yeah. Marry for money. Yeah. <laughs> every old. I've been told by multiple women that are 50 years or older, mm-hmm. if you're not marrying into a business partnership, you're an idiot. <laughs> I've been. I mean, like straight up, yeah, like yeah. women who have married for love and they're 50 now, and they're like, if you ain't marrying for money, 
You're a dumbass. <laughs> Even a man, me myself. Yeah. You know, so that's yes, don't true. blame them. I don't blame her. But that also, I think that is a funny way to end the whole like rant about like women. It's kind of like, but they're also human too. She obviously doesn't just think he's a hot piece of ass. Probably not. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, well, I'm going to get jump a little bit on, on the, uh, I don't want to say the, the defense mm-hmm. here, but from the male perspective of perhaps it's not always men condemning women. Mm-hmm. Perhaps there is some some psychological or emotional truth to why these things tend to happen to women, okay. or why they are um, singled out. Okay, a similar event happened, and it's much more recent, so we don't have to worry about the folklore and misunderstandings of what the church might have believed to be a pseudoscience okay. or a real, you know, medical doctrine back but in the day. But this thing this thing is a true thing that happened. The, this is true. The this dancing is true. plague. Oh, I understand that. The dancing plague is real. Mm-hmm. And there were multiple dancing plagues, which I know. blows my mind. But not a lot at fifteen eighteen is the most prominent, the most well known, and really I think the last big dancing plague of its kind. Well, I mean they wore themselves out. The longest rave ever. <laughs> Until, of course, Coachella and uh, that's true. EDC and all those other things. <laughs> now there's new dancing plagues, but they're Flower crowns all around. Anyhow, so in 1962, okay. there was a laughing epidemic. Ooh, that sounds fun. We need that. I think we need both a Lansing, or Lansing, <laughs> both a laughing and a dancing one. We do. We do. We need a lot of laughter, love, happiness dancing fun that's what we need in these well, times of quarantine one of the th- points i forgot to make in mine and then i will stop interrupting you was i thought about it and i i thought about like maybe the women were just trying to make make the best of a bad situation because think about like think about like you know when the slaves were being treated i mean during that time when the slaves were freaking slaves and being treated like shit they would use song and music to boost the overall happiness of the people they worked with so during times of like difficult labor slaves would break out into song to pass the time and lift their spirits and stuff like i don't think it's that crazy of a thing that these women started dancing i mean it's a little odd that they dance themselves to death yes but i get the it's possible that it was an overall mentality of like how do i self-soothe right now it could have been some self-soothing but I don't know if you're going to self-soothe yourself into a dancing frenzy that lasts months and then you die from a heart attack. That seems not so self-soothing. I refuse to leave my position on this. (laughs) They just went a little too hard with it, okay? Okay, okay. They didn't back off in time. So, what I find remarkable, and it's still in the same realm of why does this happen to women, that this unexplainable hysteria, if you will. Mm -hmm. So, in 1962... There is such a thing called the Tanika laughter epidemic. It happened in Tanzania, and for seemingly no reason at all, a girl's school in uh, Kashasha, um, which is a city on the western coast of Lake Victoria in Tanzania, um had a a plague of laughter so it started with a few girls so they were just like laughing like talking about something at school the catalyst of like the actual moment of like 
I know it started with three girls. Uh-huh. But we don't know what they were laughing at or why they broke into laughter. Th- there is some explanations, but I'll, I'll get into what, what the hypotheses are of why they started laughing and why all this happened. But it eventually um, affected over a thousand people. All the, at the school or then sp- uh, outside of the spread school. into the town and it's, stuff? It oh, spread wow. into um, towns 50 miles away. Now, it, it always involved someone who was sent home from one of these schools. They were boarding schools. So like a girl was sent back home to a village and she had the laughing plague and she couldn't stop laughing and crying. There was crying involved too, but mainly laughter. Um, And it affected over a thousand people and it lasted from January until June. Oh my God. Yeah. Just think about how many wrinkles they formed during that time laughing like that. So Only much expression. Only you would worry about that. <laughs> well, right now, they, the picture of that happened to the Real Housewives or something. They wouldn't be able to move their face and laugh that much with all the Botox. That's true. That's so true. this Maybe wouldn't happen. May, so well, problem solved. It wouldn't happen nowadays. So it, it started with three girls and then it spread throughout the school affecting 95 of the 159 pupils ages 12 to 18. But it affected none of the staff. No no adults. No adults. Were affected by the laughing play. And was this an all-girls school? It was an all-girls school. Um, and then the, the, the school had to close because of this. The girls could not focus on any of their lessons. Frankly, again, a great plan. Great plan. It yeah, could just all were, been a hatched plan. Like, honestly. You know, hey, maybe these girls are all just way more we're sly smart. than we give them credit yeah. for. And I would believe that take. Um, but anyhow, the school closed on March 18th. Um, uh, the symptoms were lasting from a few hours to 16 days of, of constant laughter. Um, and then the epidemic spread to Nashamba, a village where several of the girls lived. Um, and by April, uh, 217 mostly young villagers had had laughing attacks. Wow. Isn't that weird? I think it's cool. <laughs> and then it kept going on and on and on. All of the villages near Bukoba, which is like the main city off of Lake Victoria where all of this happened, mm-hmm. um, went into laughing fits so in in all kind of a natural thing when you think about it like when you see someone else laughing a lot of times you're just like what are we laughing at and then you just start doing it but lasting for six months six months from january until june would the same person be laughing the entire time no i i don't think that it was i I think it was just different fits of laughter Mm -hmm. and they would get it over and over and over again um so here, let me just kind of break it down. So it says, the, the laughter reports were widely accompanied by descriptions of fainting, flatulence, respiratory problems, rashes, crying, and screaming. In all, 14 schools were shut down and 1,000 people were affected. I mean, you have flatulence problems when you don't laugh. I hey, don't see, that's I, not for the podcast. <laughs> I don't see how. They, they, they could have just not been correlated. Well, the flatulence may not be correlated. Yeah. But for seemingly no reason, um, it's like the, it's just like a, I think people just do, it's, we need to research if like if mere neurons do affect something like that, where it's, you're just like, I do what you do now. Okay. I I think, I think it's less of a case of like a monkey see monkey do. That one makes more sense to me, though, than the dance epidemic because they were kids and that's at a time when it's a peer group and you want to be cool amongst your peers. 
Yes, but it eventually spread to adults and to uh, boys alike. So it, it's it 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 the um you know patient zero mm-hmm. were three girls at a girls' school and it and it spread to um over half the the school of girls. But when they sent when the when the school closed and they sent um girls home, um basically villagers started catching it and um while the majority of these were young adults um of both sexes um there were um some of the uh affected parents also got affected so th- like it wasn't right strictly um let's see here total 10, well laughter is contagious they say that maybe that's maybe that's where they came up with that phrase Laughter is contagious. It, it must be. Don't you feel like we could use a epidemic like that right now? I mean, we have right, right now we have um, like the dance plague of 1518 is basically TikTok during this time. I mean, that's true. It's true. There's definitely it's kind of like the, 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 the challenges, you know, like mm-hmm. the ice bucket challenge yeah. <laughs> in a sense. Is it, is it, it like catches that? On. Is yeah. it, Things go viral. This is before cell phones, they how make, things so went it viral. Just, it's like, yes, exactly. All of these things are the exact same things that are happening now. Maybe just one hell of a good joke, you know? Yeah. They were just retelling this joke and like... Th- but no, I think you might be right though. Like it, even the thing that happened in 1518, they may have just been like... It's like the all, Macarena. The for, Macarena yeah, came out and they just couldn't know, stop. For all we know, it. yeah, that was just the first thing uh, that went viral. <laughs> For all you we know, that was just the first thing that went viral. And they just were like, what is this now? And like, it was like, they were like, we have to go to church and we have to, you know, churn what? butter. Why don't you go to church and yeah. churn your butter? Yeah, like they... Why aren't you sweeping the cottage? I think, who knows? Maybe they were the first people. All right, that's that's our final... I think you that's, didn't milk the cow. I think that's our final stance on the dancing plague and the laughter plague or whatever. They were just the first people to take things viral. I like it. I like it. Well, thank you for doing the podcast. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for doing more to come because we're here. We're locked in. We're shut down. We're quarantined. Everyone else is too. We got content coming, folks. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye.